the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. introduce myself for the rest of this podcast for as long as we do this with the baron i should remind people who i am come on this voice is it not pretty unusual is it not peculiar especially after the amount of cigars i had last night (laughs) you weren't there boris stop laughing you should have been there next time you will i'm sebastian gorka former strategist of President Trump, host of America First, and this is The Battle for 1600. With my co-host, my former White House colleague, member of the Trump 2020 campaign advisory board, none other than Boris Epstein, the man we call the Baron. It is me, the Baron. Okay, now divulge. How many cigars did you have last night? <laughs> okay, so, so we fi- my wife, wife finds out on Facebook... That my local cigar store that has a beautiful courtyard where you can smoke outside has a monthly conservative cigar night. And yesterday was the we the official title is like the you know, screw COVID cigar night. And it was no masks were worn. It was very well attended. I took my producer, Mr. G, who is a cigar hound, even to outstrip you, Baron, I dare no. say. Oh, my. If he t- ask him when you see him how many cigars he had last weekend, you will be surprised. He loves his rope. And we sat there. I had a mass, I had one of my 65 ring gauge massive ones that are my favorites from the store. It's their own house blend. Oh, yeah. You've sent me a picture of that. That looks amazing. Oh, yeah. oh it takes me, I'm a really fast cigar smoker. It takes me an hour and a half to smoke that sucker. It's about. Uh, eight inches long, 65 ring gauge, love it. Then went inside. So it's like a, like a super Churchill, right? Oh, it's like a, yeah, it's like a super duper Churchill. The technical yeah. term is super duper Churchill. Super duper Churchill. Had one it. of those, went inside, bought another one of the house blends, had that, had a great evening, met some people. Uh, a leader of the His- uh, Trumps for Hispanics was there, got to know him. Jerry, if you're watching, really great to meet you. Chatted to the owner, fabulous guy, Mo. <laughs> And then after three and a half hours of cigar smoke with, with, with uh, Mr. G, I go home, and my son's home from California. Just got back Sunday, and he's on California time. So it's, you know, it's like midnight. He's still completely awake. said, hey, Dad, how about some more cigars? So off we go to my man cave, watch horror movies, and have some more cigars. So I think my voice is in fine fettle today. What do you think, Shad? Is it, is it, is it good? He, 
Yeah. Illustrious. Illustrious. What does Shad matter? What about me? Why, why hey! are you asking me? You're just the hired help. You're just the co-host. <laughs> he's, he's the technical dude. He can tell me what my decibel octave range is doing. But you, Boris, should have been there. I should have been there. I'm very disappointed I wasn't. And Shad, <laughs> just to be clear, you are the most important voice here because you, <laughs> you can tune me out and mute me at any he point. He can't. He has you know, the power. It's like that CNN. There was a tweet, a tweet on CNN. One of those CNN tech, uh, CNN tech uh, reporters, like, oh, oh, when the president was giving his speech, the shouting and the, the from the protesters was louder. It's like don don don. <laughs> there is somebody working the soundboard. Numb nuts. Oh my gosh! So uh, why did you use the phrase CNN reporter? Well, he was Boris. more. Like, yes, yeah. There is C- no, there is no such thing as a CNN reporter. They do not exist. Right. There are CNN propagandists. CNN operative. Activist. I like that CNN operative. That's good. He's a CNN operative. I like. So, that. Shad, you are since you've got control on the mic, uh, you are by far the most important voice. Well, listen, he can, I have, he can, he can turn me off, Boris. Imagine at all times a guillotine. Just waiting. Ooh. And I'm sitting there with the rope. That's all I'm saying. Scary. That's all I'm saying. Ooh. That Jacobin Scary. has got his eye on us. He's watching uh, us. Uh, oh, wow. Behave. Great great 1789 reference, my friend. Look, I've got to keep up with you. Like You're you. the guy who's the political operator who can just, like at the drop you. of a hat, inject that hyster- historical reference. And i got to keep up with you, so boys. It's a, so, I'm, uh, so we're Louis the Sixteenth, <laughs> <laughs> Right. We're, 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 the, we're the Sun King, the Sun Kings together. Uh, Oh, and no. he's got the uh, he's guillotine. Got the, he's got the guillotine. So, you know, I have to commend you, and then we'll obviously get serious. I, I do have to commend you. Usually for me, if I smoke too. Yeah. But now keep in mind, I, you know, it pri- in some ways better, in some ways worse, in some ways probably detrimental to me. I, I very seldom smoke and don't have a drink, and you don't drink, right? No, so, but I hydrate like crazy because cigars, right. the only downside, well, <laughs> one of the downsides of cigars. You have to hydrate. Yeah, you have to hydrate like crazy. And so I have my cranberry and uh, soda water, and I, I chug that. I chug right. that. Right. So my, but you know, for me, I've got my cigar, and then I've got my- Your single malt. My single malt. So the combination, you know, one and, you know, and some scotch is great. Two and some scotch, you feel amazing. But the next morning, <laughs> the, the, you know, you're not quite an and- optimal performance. Even though I've had some, especially during, I'll tell you a quick story, during the inauguration- Yes- Gosh, those were long days and long nights, and you know we had a those bulls. Yeah, well, no, no, I'm talking about just the planning. Oh, know, the, the planning. So when I was the communications, because you were on the committee, right? I was the communications director, right? So while we were planning for it, there was a lot going on, and uh, really long days, and then you just want to wind down a little bit. So I remember there was one night. It was it was something like a Wednesday or a Thursday, and I had a long day uh, working, and then I went over and joined some friends over at. Um, Club Rex, which is a cigar bar in Alexandria, which is a lot of fun, up above Landini Brothers. Yeah. So, oh, yes. We, we had the owner on recently to talk oh, about co- COVID. Great guy. Great, Great guy. guy. That's, we yeah. got to go over there sometime. Great guy. So I ended up going over there at about midnight, had a couple of, you know, had, had a couple of cigars, some scotch, but the, 
you know, the real issue was I had a 6 a.m. flight back to New York. <laughs> no point going to bed. Just forget uh, about it. Forget no, I, about it. I, I snuck in two hours. I woke up. I believe oh, it that's not, not worth it. Two hours? I could do it. I've, 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 I still, maybe not now, but for three, you know, almost four years ago, I had that energy. Just, you know, get that two hours and maybe take a bath to hydrate and then boom, <laughs> off to the airport. So, yeah, I've done it before, but it's, you know, for me, two Plus some scotch is not easy, but I and so I commend you for your stamina, and, my friend. And don't tell anybody. The local the local GOP uh, leader, it's his kind of gig at the cigar bar, and he pays for an open bar. Shh, don't tell anybody. Ooh. Yeah, don't tell anybody. Well, isn't that, isn't that a good time? It is. I should be is. putting that on my sheshel. Oh, your shishol. You're making fun of me now. You're making fun of me. I speak real English. If, if, if we'd won, you'd all be speaking real English like me, guys. Come on. In the Revolutionary War. Instead I, instead, I talk like I'm, you know, like I'm an extra on the scene of Goodfellas and the Sopranos. Not quite. Not quite. It's getting there, but we love it. We love okay. it. Of course, this is the Battle for 1600 with my co-host, Boris Epstein. Follow him on Twitter, at Boris EP. Check out his breakfastwithboris.com. I'm Sebastian Gorka. SebGorka.com on Twitter. And by the way, we always advertise this podcast on our radio show where Boris is a weekly regular guest. Um, and I'm going to do something different. Now. Oh, by the way, if you like it, Give us a review. People love it. DM us, text us. They say they love the banter. Spread the word about the Battle for 1600. But you've got to listen to the show as well. Because today, we're going to... How should I put it without giving it away? There's going to be a little surprise for Boris. I'm not even going to tell Boris. And I'm not going to tell you, our dear listeners. You'll just have to tune in. So there you go. I've got you wearing suspenders now. Sorry, I've got you on tenderhooks. I've got you on ten. I am on, I, and you know, I lo- the thing is that I love surprises. You, I'm a huge. This guest. is interesting because that's a real you know, sign of. Some people hate them, like my wife hates. My surprises. wife hates them too. Hates them. That's interesting, isn't it? What's that a sign of you? We're going to say, what, what that you it? like things planned. That you know, you like you, you know, you like things to be predictable, which is fine. Not me. I like no, no. Fun. spontaneity. I love spontaneity. I'm actually going to tell you a quick story. So, yeah, who is this guy? Who invited him? Carry on. So my People wife love hates, our stories. My wife hates surprises, <laughs> and and you know we do we do our gifts. Uh, you know you know, you know what she hates. It? She yeah. said whenever it's her birthday, she says we go out for dinner. She says you better not sing. You. Better not tell the waiters. I mean, that that is for her a horror story. If in public, if you celebrate her birthday, it's like you better not do it. And of course, you do it every year. Well, of course, <laughs> I love it. So, <laughs> so around the holidays, I think this was 2011. Um, you know, Hanukkah, Christmas, New Year's, uh-huh. and uh, we, were, you know, I was giving my, my wife a gift, and then you know, I said, "I'm giving you a trip this year," and she said, nice. "Oh, great!" You know, what are we doing? And you know, we've been married for two years at the time. What are we doing? And she thought maybe we do something fun and kind of quick with our friends, like Disneyland or something like that. Right. I don't know why she thought that'd be fun. We're already in our 30s, but whatever. So, um, you know, the time comes, I give her the gift. It's a surprise. She opens it up, and it's a trip to the Bahamas, to this private wow, island stylish. in the Bahamas. Oh, my gosh. Wonderful. A cabana on the water, the whole thing. She was pissed at me. What? She goes, she goes well, you know, how are we going to fly there? How are we going to get there? Is it safe? Is it this? Is oh, it come that? on. I said, honey, it's going to be great. But you know what the kicker is? What? She loved it. Well, she loved it. But the last night out of the four or five nights we're there, yeah. we're on our gorgeous cabana where you stay right on the water. Yeah, it's fabulous. Beautiful. All of a sudden, around midnight, there's a noise. 
somebody's sneaking around. Oh, come on. One of the people who work there got drunk yeah. and was trying to sneak into our cabana to steal the liquor. You're kidding. And they had to send security to sit outside our door with guns. So were you in the doghouse? What are you supposed to say? What are you supposed to say? Right? I, I, I assured her that it was safe. She said she hates surprises. I said, honey, you're being crazy. Next thing you know, I've got you know, two huge guys next to me. With She'll guns. never forget that, will she? She'll, she will not. Next time you do that and she doesn't want to go, I'll, we can have a holiday together. Just if, she's, if she doesn't want to go to the private island and smoke cigars on the beach, you know my number, okay, guys? <laughs> okay. I'm I, I, our listeners are going to love the image of that. Me and you hanging out. <laughs> <laughs> that could be such a giggle. Our feet, feet in the water with our massive cigars. <laughs> yeah, all We're recording the podcast. Talk, recording exactly, a podcast sp- on the beach. Special, special, special delivery. Edition. Special edition. You know, like Top Gear, the guys who do the, the field trips, they do the, you know, the, the going through the Colombian jungle. It'll be like us, but we'll be on the beach with cigars. Talk about owning the libs, right? <laughs> oh. oh, that would be delicious. It would be, it would be amazing. Delicious. I love that. I love that. Do we have to do some work now? I think we should. Oh, you're such a hard task, Mask. Oh. All right, let's do it. Uh, People love the stories. People love the banter. But we started this for a reason. It's called the Battle for 1600 for a reason. It's giving you the inside story, the perspective from those who are in the swamp, who've worked for the president, worked on campaigns about what is really going on and what we can expect and how you can be part of every solution that matters when it comes to making America great again for the next 152 days and beyond. So let's start with um, <clears throat> Sleepy Creepy. Sleepy um, Creepy. Sleepy Creepy Joe. So the president, um, he's walking a tightrope right now. That, that's my um, description because he's been called a dictator for almost three and a half years, despite being probably the most open president in modern times in terms of his access to the media, in terms of his openness on social media. And now we are in, in a crisis. And I don't mean the coronavirus, because Boris, it, Jeff and I were talking at the cigar bar last night. It's like, what, what coronavirus? It's as if it's ancient history, right? Is this, it, it's it's as disappeared. If it never happened. It is the craziest thing. It's almost as if the media was whipping it up. Believe how, it or not. What a shocker. What a, what a, what a strange... Uh, turn of events. So about the coronavirus, I'm talking about the fact that in every state of the nation, we have protests and in dozens and scores of Democrat cities and towns, we have riots that have led to the death already of five black Americans. And I don't mean George Floyd, God rest his soul, whose killer will be tried, who has been charged for three degree, third degree murder. But I'm talking about um, individuals such as the police officer who was killed last night, yes, sir. retired police officer trying to defend a store who was murdered. Uh, I'm talking about at the week, weekend in Oakland, Patrick Underwood, a federal protective services officer who was likewise murdered, shot in the head by one of the rioters. Um, we, we always want justice. Nobody... Boris, let's start with this. Who is on the side of police officers who use brutal force? Who's on their side in America? Nobody's on the side of police officers who are racist, who use brutal force. Nobody's on the side of those 
very few police officers. And I think we have to make that yes. clear. Yes. There's been such a reach to try to paint the, uh, the you know, our police. Well, well, well hang, hang on. It's not, just, it's, it's not just to paint them. There are two signs. If you, see, if you watch the rioters and the protesters, there's two signs that dominate. It doesn't matter whether it's San Francisco or Washington, D.C. Two. Number one, Black Lives Matter. And the other one is abolish the police, which means they think the whole police, all 17,000 jurisdictions across right. America, are racists. And yeah, that's this, anarchy. This, this hatred, you know, this hatred against the police is extremely troubling. It's also hypocritical because everyone knows who people call whenever there's any problem. Right. They call the police. But to your point, there's no doubt that everybody in America universally condemns those few police officers who overstep their duties, who who hurt innocent citizens, who use it, who do it for racial reasons. Absolutely. There's no tolerance for those folks. And there's no constituency. There's no leader. There's no political actor. There's no social media influencer who's saying what Officer Chauvin did is justifiable. Nobody. Nobody. So, Nobody. so there, there, there's, there's a whole false character to the premise, number one. Um, secondly, we have people who provide no concept of what they wish to achieve. In Minneapolis, in one weekend, 170 stores destroyed. The, the viral videos of distraught women, black minority women, saying, um, they've destroyed the Walgreens where I work. They've destroyed the Walmart. How am I going to provide for my family right now? This is what they this they preach justice, Boris, and this is the end result. So let's talk about what there's happened. No, there's no justice here. There's, no, no, there's justice no justice in looting. There's no justice in destroying. There's no justice to the uh, African American firefighter whose sports bar got destroyed. Yes. Kabbalah. There's no. There's no justice for people. There's no justice for the former police captain in Saint in Saint Louis who gets killed, killed. for protecting his business and protecting a business in Saint Louis. There's no justice there. There's no justice. It's wrong, wrong, wrong. So this week, so I, I started by saying the president's walking a tightrope. What I mean by that. He's been accused of being a tyrant. Literally, literally, CNN show hosts, not guests, calling him an authoritarian dictator. Then we have um, the federal system in the United States with states' rights, with the fact that security is first a municipal responsibility and then eventually the governor's. And we have certain restrictions. We have posse comitatus and other requirements in uh, the criminal in the code the statute the article 2 rights when it comes to use of the national guard and everything else so there, there there's there's this very delicate balance the president has to provide us and what does he do this week he demonstrates leadership the episcopal church of saint john which has been around for 100 204 years that every pre uh, that every president in that time has visited had has knelt and prayed in uh, they attempt to firebomb it. The peaceful protesters, quote-unquote, uh, quote attempt to burn it to the ground. Luckily, it is stopped. And the president, who's been called uh, by, again, CNN show host, a coward hiding in his bunker, leaves the West Wing, leaves the Oval Office, and walk, doesn't get in the beast, walks across Lafayette Place to visit that church and to hold up the Bible to say we are here because 
rule of law is at a key cornerstone element of our Judeo-Christian civilization. Right. And and what what happens? He's attacked. Of uh, course. Let, yeah. Let's let's listen to uh, Joe Biden and his response to the president holding up a Bible and to say, we are here to protect this. So this is cut 20. Chad, play cut. The president held up the Bible at St. John's Church yesterday. I just wish he opened it once in a while instead of brandishing it. If he opened it, he could have learned something. They're all called to love one another as we love ourselves. It's really hard work, but it's the work of America. Donald Trump is interested in doing that work. Reaction, Boris. Well, pretty funny coming up from a guy who's supposed to be Catholic, but now is pro-choice. Yeah, right. Right. Pretty funny from a guy who hasn't kept to any one position on anything. Oh, hang on! But he did have a position in 1991 on something that if you're black and a conservative, we're going to take you down, and I'm going to be the chairman of that committee in Congress that looks at an innocent man called Clarence Thomas and says, how dare you, how dare you think that you should be a member of the Supreme Court? And I'm going to leak information. I'm going to charge you with sexual harassment. And I'm going to execute and implement what Clarence Thomas, a great man who some say, some say was actually the mentor to Justice Scalia. Not the other way around. That it was Justice Scalia who learned, who learned, from Clarence Thomas, that he, this individual, Joe Biden, watch the video in 1991, the chairman of the committee who tried to execute a high-tech lynching of a black American. Why, Boris? Because he dared to be a conservative. Yeah, we're, living, you know, we're living in these disgusting times, right? And let's not forget, I mean, let's not, let's not let go of the fact that Joe Biden, about two weeks ago, said that if you're, if you're black... <sighs> If you are an African-American who's thinking of voting for Trump, quote-unquote, you ain't black. So this guy is fanning, fanning the racial unrest in this country, fanning tension. And then he, and then he comes out and says, oh, by the way, he went to a church himself and tried to and used it as a – he yes. was in church for a meeting yes. about, the, about these racial issues. So what? It's, he's allowed to visit a church, but President Trump somehow isn't? This whole dichotomy of, oh, my God. President Trump visited a church is absolutely delusional. It's, uh, you know, there's been a lot of bad stuff that's happened, you know, in terms of how the media treats this president. A lot. But I think the media going crazy and trying to, by the way, trying to use this, you know, this uh, other bishop who is supposed, you know, I guess the titular head of the Episcopal Church in Washington, D.C., who's written... Buddy, she's written extensively criticizing President Trump. So trying to use a partisan right. who hates the president to criticize him again for going and visiting St. John's, well, that, is, that is the height of cynical, but know, Boris, really Boris. C- cynical activism is what I'll call it. C- can you tell me, maybe I missed something, when you really have your finger on, on the pulse. Has any leading Democrat, has Biden, has Pelosi, has Schumer, has... Alexander Ocasio-Cortez has your favorite, your personal favorite. I want to try this. Rashida Tlaib. Yeah. Was that pretty good? Was it good? Rashida Tlaib. Tlaib. Has any of them condemned 
the quote-unquote protesters firebombing the church? Not that I've seen. No, me Not neither. That Not that I've seen. And I'll tell you something else. You know, that church actually has a lot of meaning to me. Really? Uh, yes. The, you know, I'm Jewish, right? So, right. You know, but the church has a lot of meaning to me because the morning of, of inauguration, I was one of the very few people who got to be inside the church when no the way. president and the first lady, I was, were there for the beginning of the inaugural ceremonies as per tradition. So that's the, where it starts? That's where it starts. So this is all. the inside baseball. So, so, so walk us through. What, so, what, so the inauguration day, you're there, and there's some part of the, the ceremony that begins in the, in the St. John's? The morning of the inauguration. So I believe at about, I want to say, 10 a.m. Okay, so two hours before the president is sworn in. Correct. The president and the first lady, by tradition, uh, go to St. John's, which is the Church of the Presidents, and, and there's a prayer there, there's a service, and then they go to the White House to, for the traditional tea with the outgoing president. Right, first that lady. I know, that I know. And from there, then they proceed uh, together to the Capitol. So, and you were there for the I was, church? I was, I was there for wow. the church. It was, I You've got to mention you, that on the show today. Will you do that? I will do it. Great story, it. great story. I, it, I still get shivers thinking about it. How many, how many people were there? Who was there? Was it packed? It was, I mean, it's a small church. Yeah. The whole church probably, I don't want to estimate because I don't want to get it wrong, but I mean, you can't imagine more than 100, 100 maybe 150 100 people, people right. in, that, in the small church. And, and That must have been amazing. It was course. amazing. So I got there. I was, I was staying downtown. I came over to the church and I was standing. Have you ever been inside? No, I've walked past it a hundred times. <laughs> so <laughs> you know, someday, you know, we'll, maybe we'll be together for lunch or something. We'll go inside. Yes. It's a special place. So, or if you have a chance. So you, you, if you're standing facing the church on 16th Street, not on H, right? So a six, to those listeners who don't know, 16th Street is the one that goes right into the White House, right, right into the north, north side of the White House. So if you're standing, your back is to the Hay Adams, your front is to the St. John's Church, you walk in and to the right, there's a t- it's a tiny little vestibule. So I got in there, I went to the right, I stood there, and about five to ten minutes later, the motorcade pulled up. Wow. And, uh, and the first lady walked in first in that powder, powder blue. Uh, that incredible coat. Incredible coat. Right. And, you know, the combination, the Ralph Lauren uh, combination that she had on. And she waved to me. The president came in. And I was probably one of four or five people in the vestibule. And he walked by and gave me a fist bump. No um, way. He did. Yeah. I'll never forget. Hey, there's, and they both sort of said, hey, there's Boris. And we said hello. And then they went up to the front. And I actually sat in the back pew to the right, which I found out recently is the pew where Abraham Lincoln used to sit when he no. was president. Yeah. So the, the, the church, St. John's Church, beautiful yellow church at 16th and H. For those of you who come to D.C. after all this craziness is over, visit it. It's historic. And, and it's historic, including for this presidency, because really that's where Inauguration Day kicked off. I, I remember it like it was two seconds ago, standing there, seeing the first lady come in, seeing the president come in, greeting them both. And then they went to the front. I sat in the back and I, you know, just took in the moment because no matter whether you or what 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 religion you are but if you believe in god i i think it is vital to participate in a in you know in in, in holy moments in moments that celebrate god no matter how you choose to pray to your God, no matter how you choose to believe. But if you do believe in a higher being, which I deeply do, I think it's vital to, when you have an opportunity, to just take in the moment. And I did then, and, I, and I'm very thankful for that. I think these are, in part, maybe the largest part, these are, this is why people love this podcast. It's those stories, that, that inside glimpse of things that most people won't get to see, but that we want to share with you. 
That's amazing. And, and every week you come up with something, Boris. <laughs> I appreciate that, yeah. You have a little treasure trove, a little treasure trove of stories you saved with us. Um, thank you for sharing that. I, I have to share, uh, I have to <clears throat> play one more cut and, then, uh, and then we can move on. So this is, this is stunning given what he said on that interview with Charlemagne the God. Let's play the second Biden cut. Look, I look at the presidency as a very big job. And nobody will get it right every time. And I won't either. But I promise you this. I won't traffic in fear and division. I won't fan the flames of hate. I'll seek to heal the racial wounds that have long plagued our country, not use them for political gain. So, uh, direct quote uh, from Joe Biden. I will refuse to traffic in fear and division. Fear, as in this is the man who said, if you vote for the Republican candidate, just know the Republicans want to put you back in chains, in chains right. to a black audience. Okay? He won't traffic in fear, Boris. And then division is the same man who a week ago said, if you don't vote for me, quote, you ain't black. Right. Uh, look, I, 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 I hate feeling like I'm being childish or naive, but, but is there any way on God's earth, Boris, that the American people don't see through his lies? Because that's, there's nothing more blatant than what he just said. Well, I'll tell you who sees through him is Charlemagne the God. Yeah. Uh, he actually came out last night and said that, you know, sure, nice speech, but, your, but Biden's actions throughout his time in the Senate reflect racist legislation. Yes. So, and, you know, Charlemagne the God is one influencer, right? He's one host. And, and, but he does speak for a part of, the commu- of that community, and, and, and he's been forged to the center of this back and forth about Biden because it's to him that Biden said. And by the way, Biden has come out after those comments and after initially – Apparently apologize, even though I've never actually heard an apology. There was no apology. He said, oh, I was a smart guy. He's, was, he said, I was a wise guy. A wise guy, exactly. Then he's got, Biden's got on to attack Charlemagne the guy and said, oh, he was being a wise guy. Well, what do you mean he was being a wise guy? He's questioning about you about... You, I missed a, that. So a, he criticized Charlemagne? He did. He criticized Charlemagne. He did. And... and he, he has a really angry streak in him, doesn't he? Oh, the angriest. Well, that's what happens when you've, when you've really done nothing with your life. You know, when you've professionally... Which is a statement of fact. Correct. Except yeah. made a lot of money for you and your children. And cro- your children. Cro- crookedly. And, uh, cro- yeah, exactly. And your, and, and your siblings, right? And Both your brother. brothers. Yes, Both exactly. brothers. Both brothers. Both brothers. Right. Uh, James and Frank, I believe. So it's... Uh, James and Frank Biden. You yes. know, it's a situation with Biden where as the older he gets... Let's be honest. The more he deteriorates, the more of himself shows. And that's an angry self. And, and because- I don't know if I mentioned this before. I've mentioned it on the show. But if you're not following James Woods on Twitter, just forget about it. James Woods, great, great actor and a flamethrower of a patriot. He said, I have in my family experienced early onset dementia, senility. And one of the things it does, statement of fact, is it allows the inner voice, the true character of an individual to come off, come out, because what happens? The brakes are taken off the mouth, okay? There's, there's no filter, and that's the sad reality, which means what you're seeing right now, that isn't, a, that isn't when he's shouting at a construction worker or a, or a plant worker who asks him about the Second Amendment, when he's attacking Charlemagne for asking a question, 
That's the real Joe Biden, Boris. That's who he is. And also, his actions, to, to the point of Charlemagne the God, Biden's actions when he was senator speak to that. Yeah. He championed the 1994 crime bill, which put a generation of African-American males behind, behind bars. bars. Right. Behind bars. Yeah. And President Trump, it took President Trump, you know, what are we talking about, 25 years later, right? Yeah. 25 years later? Right. To undo that with the most seminal criminal justice reform in the history of this country. That is what we're dealing with. So Biden is somebody who is angry, who is losing it, but whose actual you know, inane foundation, his, his very basis is of someone who I think is a racist. Yeah. And that's why, that, listen, let's not forget, right? He's, he, he spoke very kindly about racists he worked with in the Senate. Correct. Back in the, back in the 70s. Spoke kindly about George Wallace. Honorable so, man. Honorable man. And that's what we're, oh, and then I was able to work with, with so-and-so senator, so-and-so senator, who was saying disgusting things about African-Americans. This is who Joe Biden is. And no matter how much the left, how much the media want to paint this election, and right, battle for 1600, right? So we'll go to the very crux of our show here, crux of our podcast. No matter how much the media and the left want to paint this election as, as you know, Republicans and Donald Trump racist versus Joe Biden and Democrats champions of black people. That is bullshit. <laughs> okay? And I, it's a podcast, so I could can, say Can it. I just say something? That I, I, every bloody day I mention it on the show, and it's the most important, as far as I care, it is the most important thing about the last nine days. What we are seeing, okay, forget this garbage, white supremacists. If it was really white supremacists, guess what? The Democrats would love to see the president roll out the tanks. They're not white supremacists. That's why they have a problem with any use of force, including the National Guard, when it is utterly justified. What we are seeing across America, from Minneapolis to D.C. to San Francisco to Boston to Chicago to Philadelphia, which is being destroyed, are Democrat voters, are left-wing radicals, who are destroying Boris, cities run by Democrat mayors and governors. That is the tragic irony of the last nine days. They're no not, this, isn't, this isn't Texas. This isn't Republicans burning down Dallas. This is, Demo, this is Democrat voters in D.C., which voted 95% right. for Hillary, right. burning a Christian church. I mean, this is where we are. How? Do, uh, am I wrong? You're 100% right. You're 100% right. And the sad thing about all this is that the media could actually play differently. Yeah. They could let's, talk, let's talk about the media. Talk to us about the media. They could condemn the rioters the way they condemned the peaceful protesters in Michigan yeah. who wanted Governor Whitmer to not disallow them yes. from planting seeds the in their peaceful. backyard. That's a great point. Oh, my gosh. We've got to talk about... This on the show. What was the other thing I said? There's a need... surprise. No, no, no. I wanted to, you to talk about. I mentioned it earlier. Oh, is Shad paying attention? I don't know. Um, we'll find Shad? out. I think it was probably the story about St. John's. Oh, St. John's. Yeah. 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 So this is this is a fabulous. They condemned the peaceful protesters outside Whitmer State House. They condemned them. Why? Because they're conservatives who want freedom. 
who want to be able to buy their seeds at the, at the gardening store. And these protesters, they're taking lives, lives of black peace officers, destroying, looting in the name of justice for George Floyd. They're on the side. And what does Fredo Cuomo say? Oh, well, you know, um, it doesn't say anywhere that protests have to be nice and peaceful. Yes, you moron. Read the First Amendment. Yeah, also, it says peaceful. Peaceful. The law says you can't loot. There's literally law against the destruction yeah, right. of property. You idiot. I'll tell you, have, you seen what, have you seen what the Associated, Associated Press said today? No. Am I going to be angry? Oh, man. <laughs> and then I want to talk about Fredo. You've got to laugh. Then you can talk about Fredo. The Associated Press said, we will not permit any of our employees to use the word looting with regards to the demonstrations because re- looting as a word has racial contexts. I'm not joking, Boris. Did you did you learn that only certain color of skin loots, Boris? Well, I guess according to the AP, but if you're looking at the looters, it does appear that they are all, uh, they're pretty diverse. But, so, but but also, if the AP says that, what does that mean? Are you allowed to say white looters? But hang on, it means that the AP is racist. Of course, that's if what they I'm think if they think that looting only refers to a certain right. race, you're <laughs> the racists. It's true. It's disgusting. Sorry, Fredo. Fredo, first of all, he looks like a like a limo driver in that outfit that he wears every night with the black suit and the black tie and the white shirt. Oh, he okay. does. He does. He looks like he's going to pick you he looks up. Like Rocky, Rocky, the limo driver. Right. He looks like he's going to pick you up in a 2002 Lincoln Town Car <laughs> and take you and take you to LaGuardia. Okay. <laughs> Would you like a tissue, sir? Yeah. Yes. yes. Uh, well, that's number one. Number two, he's an idiot. Number three, he's an idiot. He, he's ta- <laughs> sure. Number that's number two through ten, but. Let's specifically on this issue. Oh, looting! Uh, riot, prote- protesters aren't supposed to be polite. Well, let me ask you this question: This guy, Fredo Cuomo, got absolutely triggered twice in last year. Yes. One with some kids, pretty much called him Fredo at a, a, a at a fair. Or That's whatever calling it was. me the N word. Right, and the other one was a middle-aged bicycle guy. A middle-aged guy on a bicycle said, "Hey, you should be home while you have he triggered." Literally, he literally. Fredo had the coronavirus. Triggered. A middle-aged guy on a bicycle said you should be home. And, and, and Fredo got triggered. It was like he was being attacked. So let me ask you this question. Who has anger issues? <laughs> right. Who's, who's got anger issues, A? And B, you know, how easy is it for Cuomo, who probably gets driven to CNN and driven to some fancy apartment in New York and then hangs out at his fancy, fancy area in the Hamptons, pretty easy to say, you know what, to all of you middle-class black, brown store owners who are getting looted, yes. do you take it? I'd yeah. like to see Fredo react if the looters came to the Hamptons. Right. I'd like to see Fredo react if the looters came to wherever he is in New York. Right. Okay? I that think- is the, the height of liberal limousine hypocrisy. Him, Pritzker in Illinois, all these libs. Whitmer, whose husband wants to go on a boat, even though she's, she's denied the right Don't you know who my wife is? Right. These liberals, I honestly, I, and I've said this to you before, and I'm getting a little heated. I said this to you before. I do not know, my friend, I do not know how these people look at themselves in the mirror. I just don't know. They think they're the good guys, Boris. Do they actually, or do they cry themselves to sleep? No. Oh, well, well, Brian Stelter does. We know that. He, well, Stelter. He admitted yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, he admitted that. Very, yeah, he, very he's well. crying for the pre-COVID time. Right. 
Poor Stealthy. All right. Um, I can't believe that's already 40 minutes. That's nuts. No, okay. it's not. It is. I've got the timer in front of me. TikTok. That fake news. <laughs> fake news. He just accused me of fake news. That's why he's my friend. Okay. So let, let's talk about. Uh, now, who's, now who's got the guillotine? <laughs> yes, indeed. Um, convention. What's going yes. on? Where's it going to happen? So as of now, it seems like the governor of North Carolina, so the Republican convention was supposed to be in North Carolina, in Charlotte, North right. Carolina, and it, it, you know the GOP has done a great, great, great job. A ton of preparation has gone in, but the governor, Roy Cooper of North Carolina, is seemingly saying that he does not think that he, a Democrat governor, by the way. Of course. The Democrat governor of North Carolina now is saying he doesn't think that a full-scale convention in late August is possible. So that leaves the Republican Party looking at other potential options. There's been some talk of Nashville, some talk of Las Vegas, uh, and uh, and other areas. Where would I'm you sh- like? Where would you like it to be if it moves? What do you think? You're 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 a pro. I would I would put I think Las Vegas is a good part of it. Yep. The, the general the, it could help. I mean that would be a right. great kind of sign for Vegas that has been really just dead. Very much so. And yeah. you know politically, right? You generally want to put a convention in a state that is important to the election. Yes. Yes. And I think a sign you know there will be a, a a really true representation to Nevada to say hey here we are. We are Republicans. We're coming to help you. We're bringing a ton of people. We're bringing a ton of business. We're going to have a good time. We're going to nominate President Trump for four more years that he's going to win in November. And here we are. And if you don't think that a lot of voters in Nevada, the union members in Nevada, who are, who are going to benefit from that, will think about that when they go to the polls. Well, I've got a, Brook, a bridge in Brooklyn to sell you. you know, I think that would be and a very, very important, Boris, very interesting thing to do. Important point here. If it's in Vegas... We can smoke our cigars. Well, listen, if it's in Vegas, here's what we're going to do. Because you can get off the plane. Guys, if you haven't been to Vegas, it is freaky. You are stepping off the jetway into the terminal, and there's a one-armed bandit. There's yeah. <laughs> there's gambling and people smoking. It is Disneyland for adults. It is a little bit different. No su- no surprise, especially to any libs who are listening <laughs> who probably hate me for this. Vegas is one of my favorite cities on earth. I can see that. I, I love, can see that. I love Las Vegas. And I don't love it necessarily for what people generally think, oh, the late night party and all that. Even though I enjoyed it. I like, as, as Bill Clinton, he's like, I like to party. You know, <laughs> I, I enjoy a good time. But not in the Bill Clinton way, though. Okay, we're not we're not Bill Clinton. Okay, he can no, yeah, you know, Slick Willie, he can do his own stuff. But what I love about Vegas is the restaurants. There's some old time places like the Golden. Oh, you'll Steer. have to show me those. The Golden Steer yeah. is a steakhouse that's been around for at least. 40 years in Las Vegas. Uh-huh. It's a little off the street, a strip. It is awesome. They still have the booth where John Wayne used to sit. No. They, yes. Yes. Oh, they, man. I got to go. It's, they still have the booth where Frank Sinatra used to sit. Wow. It's been around since 1958. I love, I love all the ethnic stuff. Yeah, these little restaurants you can go into for Mexican, Peruvian. I right. mean, Vegas has everything. Vegas, got, Vegas is great. And, yeah. and again, Vegas has, has gotten hit through this downtime. Big time. So, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll 
cast my vote now. I think if possible, I'd love to see it in Vegas. You know, obviously Sheldon Adelson's been a huge supporter, and Dr. Adelson's yes. been a huge supporter of the president of the Republican Party, and the, the Sands, Sands Corporation right. has a lot of hotels and a lot of huge space over there in, in Las Vegas. So I'd love to see it in Las Vegas, but you know what? If it, it ends up in Florida, it, there's some talk about Nashville, and Nashville has— That could be cool. Nashville has, could, is very cool. I've spent a lot of time there for business. It's pretty lefty. And it's got some good infrastructure. It's yes, but, ten- lefty. but Tennessee is not, right? No, Tennessee is ours. No. And so, it's, like, it's like Austin. It's like, oh, my exactly. gosh, why do you have to spoil these cities, man? Ugh. But I'll tell you big picture. Yeah. I think that wherever it is, it's going to be a wonderful event. It's going to be a big-time event. The I'm there, you know. Get, I'm broadcasting from the convention. You're there. I'm there. We're going to have we a have good time. Fun. We'll find a way to smoke our cigars. But oh, I'd love yeah. to be in Vegas. I'd love to go take you to the Golden Steer and sit in one of those booths. Let's do it. Love to go to Antiamo. And then most importantly, love to help Vegas bring itself back and, and, and truly re-energize as we, as we head into the election in November, which I think is, uh, is very important. Okay, you've brought me, of course you have, because this is the mind melt moment, to my last question, mm-hmm. 152 days to go, which is a lifetime in politics. But as things stand right now, does the current state of affairs the fear people are experiencing, the destruction wrought by leftists, does this strengthen the president in the election in November? I think so. I think it has to. And and here's why. No matter what, you know, Brian Stelter or Don Lemon, who's just totally lost his mind, uh, or MSNBC, MSDNC, as the president called it, or Washington Post, think about how the president acted. We know what he did. He said, I'm the president of law and order. I'm marching through Lafayette Square no matter what protesters have done, and I'm visiting that church, and I'm standing strong for America. That's what he said he was going to do when he ran, and that's what he's done. And if you talk to anybody, anybody who's not associated with the left mainstream media or associated with you know, the, the far left itself, they're going to tell you they loved it, and that's what they wanted. And if you think that anybody is going to look at the looters and the rioters, again, look at America, right? Look at Florida, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Michigan, Wisconsin, the key battleground states. Do you think they're going to look at the protesters, look at the rioters, the, 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 pol- the former police captain who's gotten killed in St. Louis? you think they're going to say, you know what, this is what we support? Absolutely not. And, and if you look at the polling, the polling is saying right now, that it's very, it's pretty close in the, you know, it's within margin of error in the ba- big battlegrounds. But you know what that means for Donald Trump? Well, Donald Trump's within margin of error. Oh, Donald yeah. Trump's up by at least five. Right. Because, because of the polls. Because of the because, polls. Because of the polls. They usually oversample Democrats by about 10 or 20. Right. You know, because the pollsters are libs. And they want to show a lot of the times, not all, Rasmussen does a good poll, but a lot of the pollsters are libs. And they want to show, oh, the president's in bad shape. No, and, and because... Trump voters know not to tell the pollsters who they're going to vote for. Exactly. Right? They're smarter than that. That's what happened you know, in 16. So if, you look at, if you look at, again, the picture, the shooting of David Dorn, the shooting of Officer Underwood, the sh- if you look at the looting and the destruction, that woman in Rochester, New York, getting beaten by, with a two-by-four yes. for protecting her store, the, the, the guy in Dallas on the ground bleeding for protecting property, Americans are not in favor of that. Americans want safety, prosperity, and security. That's what they want. Right. And yes, we also absolutely want you know, racial cohesion, racial justice. But what we don't want is indiscriminate looting and indiscriminate beating. 
you don't want that. So, you know, if you look around, again, if you look, at, if you look around the, the country, if you look around the battlegrounds, you know, it, it's within a, according to this, you know, to the latest poll, which is, which is a change research poll, Arizona, you know, the president's up by one, North Carolina, Biden's up by one, Michigan's two points separation, but the president's up by four in Pennsylvania, which is huge. And he's about tied in Wisconsin. That's, that's huge. We've seen the president up wow. a lot in Wisconsin, another, another poll. So, I right now believe that as the, as where we sit today, you know, a lot of people out there will go, "Oh, the president's in real trouble," and you've got these never Trumpers like Matt Lewis. Something really changed now. People aren't backing Trump. Okay, <laughs> that's what these never Trumpers said in 2016. Look how that worked right. out. The president is sitting on today, June 3rd, 2020, better than he was sitting on June 3rd, 2016. Incredible. All right, in the last seconds we have left with you. Message to those who love the president, want to support the president, but haven't actually engaged. What should they do, Boris? Engage with the campaign, DonaldJTrump.com. Engage, start making phone calls, start making signs, do everything you can. Go on social media. There's a lot of people on social media who are lambasting the president of Republicans. Drown out those voices. Speak loudly. Don't be afraid. That's the big message. Do not be afraid to show how you feel. Do not be afraid. The silent majority should not be silent. The silent majority should be the loudest majority we've ever had this year, 2020. And that's how we'll keep America great. That's how we'll make America great again, again. And if you just look at what the president's done with the economy and getting us out of this crisis, look what the president's doing with law and order. That is the kind of support that he needs. Wow. I think this guy might have worked on a campaign. <laughs> Make America great again. Go to DonaldJTrump.com. Register. Join today. Support the president. Get on social media. Be a force multiplier because we do have a republic to save. Follow him on Twitter, Boris EP. Get his regular briefings at breakfastwithboris.com. I'm Sebastian Gorka. This has been the Battle for 1600. Spread the word. Share it around. Give us a review. And then also remember... Our daily show, 3 to 6 Eastern, every day with our regular guest, Boris. You can find us on YouTube. We live stream it. We have a YouTube channel. Look for my name, Sebastian Gorka and America First. Subscribe. Hit the notifications bell. Get the podcast. Go to the website, sebgorka.com, and you won't miss a thing. We had the president's son, Donald Trump Jr., on the show yesterday for two segments. Every day we have amazing guests. You don't want to miss a thing. Goodbye for now.